0: with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I Own College Basketball Podcast, where... We sometimes discuss camel-fighting dodo birds and leaky black, the Iowa College Basketball podcast. It's presented by Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's, a sub-above. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. If you haven't yet uh, subscribed to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel, please do that while you're here. And if you're watching on YouTube and you notice that my eyes look bloodshot, it's because they are. I got shampoo in my eyes less than 20 minutes ago. Okay.
0: Um, Can we go over this at the top? We got a final four to set up. You weren't on the Sunday show. We need your thoughts. We must have them. How's the bald man get shampoo in his eyes? I still wash my head. I mean, you would still put soap on your bald head, wouldn't you? Oh, Yes, soap. Like, I figure maybe you just go a quick little soap, a little, uh, what are those called? Loofas? What are they called?
2: Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't mess around with those. I have have minty. I have minty shampoo. I like the way it smells. I rub it all over my head. And somehow, oh, some way, I ended up with minty shampoo in my eyes. I was just standing there in the shower like an idiot. Like I I, I couldn't open my eyes. I said it hurts to open my eyes right now. And I'm still recovering from that. It looks like I'm, I'm doing I'm fine. a
0: podcast with a guy on a bender right now. <laughs> what is this? Look at that. I, I just put a little bit of soap in the loofah. A little bit. Quick little scrub, Mr. Clean Clean off the top. This is a new one. I'm afraid we got a double dead eye situation now. (laughs) Double dead eye.
2: It's rough. Life is full of challenges, you know? (laughs) Every day it's Uh, a new challenge.
0: When he hopped on this stream yard before we got going, I said, GP, are you really well rested or are you like super, super tired? He's like, I'm good. I slept for nine hours. I
2: got shampoo in my eyes. Like you're six. I went to bed at 9.30 last night. I went to bed so early last night. Woke up at like five this morning. Feel good. I feel good, but my eyes are burning. I feel good other than my eyes are burning. Everything else i'm everything else I'm good with. How are you doing? How are your eyes? My eyes are
0: wonderful. Good. we're We're doing uh, we're doing well over here. Also was able to get some a decent amount of rest in on this uh, last day. I traveled to the final four on Wednesday. I know you're getting out early on Thursday morning, so we will have more podcasts from you in Houston and more details on that stuff to share later in the week. Uh, but the I, listen... The floor is, is yours as far as I'm concerned. Chip and I had a nice little Sunday night pod. Um, obviously eager to talk with you about this and break down these matchups and give our thoughts even more. But you haven't talked since we uh, finalized this bad boy. What are, uh, what are your thoughts and impressions on, on the assembly we have of FAU, SDSU, UConn, and Miami heading down to H-Town?
2: Obviously, not the final four I expected, not the final four most people expected. If you're arguing otherwise, then I'd like to see your bracket that had zero number one seeds, zero number two seeds, and zero number three seeds in the final four. San Diego State, Florida, Atlantic, that'll be the first game on Saturday, followed by UConn, Miami. Both games are going to be on CBS. That's America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Um, I'm I'm fired up because either UConn's going to win the national championship which will be awesome for that program and for Dan Hurley um, or somebody that you could not have reasonably expected to win the national championship just a few weeks ago is going to be uh, a national champion. I will say it's, it's strange in the sense that we don't have a lot of the things we often have or a lot of the things that are, I believe are ideal. Um, UConn has been a great team all season They've been top six at Ken Palm since December, but it's a four seed for a reason, right? So, not having having Have a
0: better team. talent than a four seed, but resume wise, that's why it was put there. I think is what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah,
2: they they went two of two and six in an eight game stretch in late December, early January. So that team's always been great in the predictive metrics, but it was a four seed for a reason. Um, then you've got San Diego State from the Mountain West Conference, Florida Atlantic from CUSA, and a Miami team um, that has been bad in the predictive metrics, or at least not as good as you might think a Final Four team should be in the predictive metrics most of this season. So on on one hand, you've got this, a team that has been great in the predictive metrics and looked like a legitimate championship contender basically all season, um, plus a conference champion, a conference champion, and a conference champion. Like UConn's the favorite here at minus 125 to win the national championship, by the way. Um, But it is the only one of the group. That's not a conference champion. So San Diego state, Florida Atlantic and Miami have all been really good relative to their leagues all season. That's why they have conference championships. That's all interesting to me. I'm fired up. I will say it's not the final four. That's going to bring anybody into it. Who isn't already into it. Like, The women's final four, I was thinking about this. I don't watch much women's basketball for no other reason than I don't have the bandwidth for it, right? Um, When I do watch it, I enjoy it. I just don't watch it that often. I don't really follow it that closely. I know South Carolina's always awesome. I know Paige Beckers. I know Caitlin Clark. I know Aaliyah Boston. I don't know much else about it. But in the final four, South Carolina's going to play Iowa. I'm going to watch that. Blockbuster. Like that, you beat, you got Caitlin Clark, you've got South Carolina. Um, I'm gonna like that, that number one undefeated team versus player of the year, generational talent. I saw somebody tweet the other day that they believe Caitlin Clark will someday be the best women's basketball player ever. I have no idea whether that's true or not, or whether even mm-hmm. it's, it's even a reasonable thing to say. I just know that somebody said it, and that you when that game tips. You're going to have a lot of people who might not have watched a women's basketball game all year saying, all right, I'm going to turn this on. It's going to bring in people that wouldn't otherwise be there. I think our final four, the men's final four is, is the opposite of that respectfully. I I don't think we have the types of storylines or players that bring in the casual fans. We don't have a North Carolina versus Duke. We don't have, a blue blood unless you call you kind of blue blood. And if you want to, it's fine with me. I'm not here to argue. Um, We don't have a top 10 pick in this final four. We don't have an obvious national. Who would use Jordan Hawkins? Maybe
0: he went, if he went off, it's not unthinkable. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. But like, we don't have an obvious guaranteed top 10 pick in this final Mm -hmm. four. We don't have an obvious player of the year, um, national player of the year in this final four. So, uh, you know, it, it, it depends on how you slice it exactly what to make of it. Um, but I can't wait to get to Houston just four days away from the games. Yeah. I
0: listen. I, I think there's uh, I, I love every final four. I love every tournament. I love uh, the randomness that this tournament can provide. And yeah, there's no shortage of stuff that is in, intriguing from a, from a mass appeal. I'll, I'll be interested to see the tournament uh, from a viewership standpoint is having an excellent, excellent year uh, through the first two weekends. And then, yeah, this is, you know, you've got FAU, which has no history. Miami has never been to a Final Four. Uh, but Laranaga is certainly a name that people certainly know. Um, without This is now the second time he's done it. And then the George Mason run, you can't understate the the impact that run had in terms of his his Q rating, if you will, Yukon is a national brand. Uh, It is not a a program that gets to the second weekend, every single season, but it has won national championships and what Calhoun built. And then even like, even just winning the the 2014 one is one of the most random championships that we'll ever see, but they won it. Like even that kept them, you know, flickering on the radar despite being in the American and some down seasons. And now here they are back on the, on the stage there. And then San Diego state, what's interesting is uh, San Diego state. I mentioned this on Sunday. uh, It's, you know, it's, it's repping the Mountain West, and uh, it's not done yet. But everyone is pretty much expecting that San Diego State's heading to the Pac-12. So the Pac-12 can't even it can't even get uh, it can't even take credit for this. It's going to be like a um, a Maryland Big Ten situation. Maryland wins uh, the O2 title in the ACC. Big Ten still hasn't had an active member win a tournament since 2000. So um, I hear you on that. Uh, I do think that the assortment of programs we have uh, not being any, like, true, like, top 10 program. Like, there's some of that, but so it goes, man. That's 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 where we are, and I actually think... Uh, what I think matters most is, are we going to get compelling games? Are we going to get close games? I actually think we will. Um, because of the way San Diego State plays, it lends itself to playing in close games, and as a reminder, it's 9-1 and one in games decided by five points or fewer this season. To your point about, I don't want to hear about if you had these teams in your Final Four or you know whatever, um, I got some data, I sorted a little bit of data for you. Uh, CBS Sports brackets, which reminds me, I needed to give a, sta- a standings update. I didn't do that. I'll try and do that before we get out of here. Here are the, the all brackets at CBS Sports, which I think it's in the billions, to be honest. 1.9% of all brackets pick UConn to win the whole thing. 0.4% picked Miami to win the whole thing. 0.15% picked San Diego State to win the whole thing. And 0. 0.04 brackets actually have Dusty Mays Owls winning the whole championship. So there are a few uh, folks out there that have that. But if FAU is going to do this, it's going to have to buck a trend. This is now the ninth team, seated ninth or worst to make a national semi. The previous eight, all of them lost in the final four and did not make the title game. Those teams are 2021 UCLA, 2018 Loyola Chicago, 2016 Syracuse, 2013 Wichita State, 2011 VCU, 06 Mason, 86 LSU, and 10 Wichita, What year was that, GP?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, UMass Loyal. Oh, it's Smashing Pumpkins. It's Billy Corgan. 1979 was Penn. The world is a vampire. Didn't we used to do that? Yeah, we did. What happened to that? And we still
0: Maybe I should bring
2: it back. Maybe I should bring it back in honor of Florida Atlantic being in the Final Four.
0: That's Billy Corgan's alma mater. People don't know that.
2: People don't think about that very often. People don't talk about that.
0: Yeah, Billy Corgan, very famous. It's Carrot Top and Billy Corgan, the two most famous FAU alums. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Do not fact check that. Um, but with the way Miami plays defense or plays offense, and uh, and going up against a UConn team that's just been outrageous, I actually think that the propensity for that game to be close is, is pretty good. We had to put up our picks against the spread on the site today. Would you like to, well, by the way, would you like to know my, my record against the spread right now? Are you, are you interested uh, in that? Oh, I'm dying to know. Okay. Would you like to know yours as well? I'm, I'm dying to
2: know that as well.
0: All right. So right now, uh, you and I, hmm. we're side mounted. We, we're we're side mounted. We are both 34 and 29 overall against the spread in this NCAA tournament. So is Kyle Boone. Chip Patterson, one game behind 33 and 30. Oh, Jerry Palm, side mounting, a Palm side mounting situation, 34 and 29 and one. And even Cobb's doing well, hanging there at 500. So, uh, I'm picking Miami to cover the spread. It's five and a half. Yukon minus five and a half as we speak right now. Uh, we'll see if UConn if Yukon wins the tournament, um, it's going to try and, and do so by winning every game by 15 or more points leading into the final four. Um, The teams that have done that were 96 Kentucky and 04 UConn. Win every game by 15 or more points heading into the final four and go on to win the tournament. The teams that didn't do it, Gonzaga and 21. We know how that ended. 99 Duke, which lost to UConn UConn in 99. 93 Kentucky didn't get to the title game, and then 88 Arizona, which was massively dominant there. Uh, we will, we will see. Um, UConn is invoking a lot of 96 Kentucky, which is a very good sign because that's probably my favorite college basketball team of all time. It's really the team that made me want to cover this sport for a living. If I'm being honest, made me uh, fall in love with the sport. 96 Kentucky was the actual was the original wagon. Okay, people like to say this team's a wagon. 96 Kentucky was the wagon of all wagons, and the last team to win. It's regional final game by 20 plus points was 96 Kentucky, which went on to win the title and uh, it won uh, the regional semis and the finals by 20, uh, 20 plus points that year. UConn's done the exact same thing. It's won by 67 points combined through this point in the tournament. The last team to have that big of a margin GP was 88 Arizona. So uh, I bring all that up to say Miami, I think is capable of keeping the game close, but I am wondering if we might be headed toward a situation where after all this talk about there is no dominant team, we look up, well, UConn was considered a dominant team after its run to start the season at 14-0. and It's now won at Ken Palm, And if it wins these next two games by double digits, it's going to rightfully be remembered as a dominant team. And this would have been a season with a dominant team. But they got to do it. We will see if they can.
2: So, in most years in the NCAA tournament, like the bracket comes out and, and somebody will say, Yeah, you would take the field over any one team. And then you get down to the Sweet 16 and you say, Yeah, I'd still take the field over any one team. Not always, but often. We're at the Final Four now. And UConn is minus 125. Not to win Saturday, but to win Saturday and Monday. You cannot right now have the field at plus money over UConn. That's how big of a favorite the Huskies are. To win this national championship, are you that big a believer in them that you would lay minus 125 on UConn to win the title or take the field? Mm.
0: I think I would let, uh, I think I'd go with UConn there. Um, but it's a close one because you're taking against the field and you kind of win both. I think that number is reasonable. Having said that, Miami does have, it; unquestionably has the roster to beat UConn, keep it close. I mean, when you consider the shooting that it has, Jordan Miller coming off literally a Leitner-like performance. I assume you saw that stat we talked about on Sunday's show, GP, where he's the first player since Leitner in 92 to score 25 or more in a tournament game and be 100% from the field and 100% from the line. Like, genuinely legendary game from Jordan Miller. And he's you know going into that game, I thought he was actually trending toward being their second most important player. But now, maybe now it's it's more universally considered. Wong has been the best player all season long. But between Wong, Pack, Miller, Poplar, you've, and even Joseph coming off the bench, all of those players are shooting thirty eight percent or better from three point range. So they can shoot, and it's like they can shoot from from deep. They are they are not. Uh, they're willing, wanting shooters and they get their looks and they get them often. They can shoot well from beyond the three-point arc. They have good size and good presence down low. Norchad Omir is just an absolute hoss. And in retrospect, although he was regarded as a valuable transfer, but he, you know, he came from Arkansas State, which is in the Sun Belt. He was the player of the year. Um, I mean, come on. He's been he's been unquestionably a top five transfer uh, in the country when you look at what he does. And Pac's been right there with him, but we are seeing just how valuable. Uh, those guys can be in a, in a transfer era and a transfer climate and environment, and Laroneg has done an incredible job. I just think that the, that Miami has the personnel to keep up with UConn offensively. I don't. It's not even arguable. It's it's defensively, how well will UConn shoot? And that's if you're looking where, like, okay, how's this going to happen? Uh, because UConn's defense is unquestionably better than Miami's. It's not even. It's it's not even up for debate. UConn has had moments where you know teams have dared Andre Jackson to shoot. He's not a great shooter, so does he not hit? Does Hawkins have an off night, and do they not get? You know, if they bring in Joey California or Caraban doesn't hit, like if they're just not hitting shots reliably from beyond the arc or even from the mid range, that's where Miami really has a shot there. Because you got to figure they'll, even if like Omir can, can Omir stand up for forty minutes against Sanogo and Klingon and bringing those two, that to me is the is is really the elixir that makes me say that I would take UConn at that number you gave minus one twenty five GP because. No other team has that, where you've got Sonogo and everything they run for him, and what they run for him is different. Like it, it, they are, when when they are bringing in Sonogo and and trying to get it down low and use their offense to run through him, that's different from when it's clinging and it's more screens and they're getting him on lobs, and it's just. It's it's a nightmare for teams to prepare against. Uh, Klingon's just it's uh, th- th- to have that guy be the first guy off your bench. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Like and and Gonzaga dealt with this a little bit with Timmy, where Timmy went up against Sonogo and early on in that game, and he obviously had his struggles. And then he checks out, and it's like, all right, well maybe the Zag's going to have time to give Timmy a little. No, then it's then it's seven foot two dude, and he's swatting Timmy's shot like in the first few possessions. It's just it's a uh, it's a tough it's a tough situation to deal with. I think Miami can keep it close, but the potential for another UConn blow, has to be on the table when you look at what it's been able to do in particular, the second half adjustments um, plus 67. I think I said for the game, I think it was plus 67 in the second half alone. They're at like 90 or so for the whole tournament in, in margin. So what would you do field or UConn right now?
2: So I would take UConn to win the champion. If I could only pick one team to win the championship, I think it's UConn, right? I mean, they are, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're, they're the best team left. Um, I would take the field just because like this tournament has been filled with take-the-field moments. So I would probably take the field over UConn, but I do believe UConn will be your national champion. If if you can even say both of those things consecutively, I would take the field, but okay. I think UConn will win the national championship. That's um, not a lot. You cannot do that. <laughs> what is, say that one more time. I would take the field. If you told me I could have the field or UConn, let me make sure I'm saying this properly. Yeah, yeah. If I could have the field or UConn, I would take the field. But I do believe that UConn is the most likely team to win this national championship. I'll allow it. I think that logically holds up. Yeah. (laughs) I think that makes sense. Um, By the way, just based off Kenpom numbers, it looks like UConn, in the national championship game would be, they're they're five and a half point favorite over Miami right now. Miami mm. is the lowest rated kinpom team left in That's the tournament, right. so it stands to reason UConn would be less than a five and a half point favorite in the title game, regardless of who it plays. But UConn will obviously be favored in both games if it if it plays both games. And oh by the way, to just sort of underline. Exactly what we're talking about here, a four seed being obviously the best team left in this thing and, and number one at Ken Palm. Right now, UConn's adjusted efficiency margin at Ken Palm is plus twenty eight point nine five. Last year, Kansas won the national championship adjusted efficiency margin plus twenty seven point four nine. So right now, this UConn team is grading out better than the last season's Kansas team that won the national championship after getting a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Again, UConn's resume got deemed up. That's why the Huskies are a four seed. Um, but but this is grading out, for lack of a better phrase, than it's grading out like a legitimate national championship contender. That's why it's the favorite everywhere to win it, and now technically the favorite over the field. As I'm talking through all this, I, I mentioned some things that that aren't going to draw in your casual viewers. Again, the the example I used is like um, I there was there was basketball on women's basketball on last night. I turned on one of the games, had it on in background, but honestly, like I sat on the couch and and watched uh, Monday Night Raw with my kids until I fell asleep. Um, it wasn't something that nothing that was happening last night was going to draw me in to something I wouldn't otherwise watch. Um Caitlin Clark against South Carolina will draw me in. That's the type of thing that's going to get somebody who doesn't watch women's basketball to watch. I'm not sure there's anything in the men's final 4 that's going to get people who otherwise wouldn't watch to watch. But you know what what I do think, and maybe you disagree with this, but I believe it to be true. When we get to final 4s, there's there's typically at least one game one team rather that I say, "Okay, well, they can't win this." Like they mm-hmm. like they're here and I hope they enjoy the Friday practice like, show.
0: That was like you with Kansas last year. I remember that.
2: No, but it was like me with Villanova last year.
0: I know.
2: Once Villanova got to the Final Four, I did not think Villanova could win the national championship. Not with Justin. You said,
0: you said Villanova will not win the national championship, and Jay Wright will retire in less than three weeks. I think I you said all that all on that the exact, Saturday. I, I think you said on the Saturday podcast before the
2: semifinals. You can go look it up if you want to. If you've got that kind of time on your hands, you should look it up. No, um, like when Loyola Chicago got to the Final Four, I didn't think they were winning. I was like, okay, they're here. This is great. They're not winning the national championship. Villanova last season. They're here. I don't even know if it was great. I just knew they were there. They were there. It was great. It, it was great. wasn't great. Okay, it's great. But no, um, Justin I, Moore.
0: It was over for them.
2: Yeah, they weren't winning the national Here's my point. I think any of these teams can win the national championship. It is not crazy to me. I'm with you. I think any of the I, I, UConn's the favorite. UConn's my pick. There is nothing outlandish about San Diego State, Florida Atlantic or Miami winning the national title. So that's kind of fun that That we've got a final four with four teams, any of which can reasonably win the national title. You don't always have that at a final four. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just reaching here for things to get excited about. But I think that's a reasonable thing to get excited about
0: rank power, rank the best stories by national championship winners. How would you order them? We'll go in terms of most likely, the least likely win. So UConn, Miami, San Diego State, FAU is, is how the odds shake out. What is the best story of those four teams winning at it all? It's
2: got to be Florida Atlantic, right? It's got to be. Yes. I mean, gotta FAU be. is the best story. Yes. I mean, Florida Atlantic was picked fifth in Conference USA. All right. Had made they one tournament. Fifth. Is, yes. Three teams in CUSA got vote first place votes to win the league, not Florida Atlantic. And Florida San Atlantic goes, wins the league, wins the league tournament, and is now in the final four with 35 wins. Okay. Um, oh, and by the way, you mentioned everybody thinks San Diego State is about to change leagues. Florida Atlantic is 100% changing leagues. It is. Who knew the AAC was going to lose basketball power Houston and replace it with a final four team? Exactly. Who had that?
0: Bada bing. FAU's defense the same On the same,
2: on the same mm-hmm. podcast last season where I said Villanova would not win the national championship, That's and then Jay official. Wright would retire. I also said Florida. Look, but, hey, next season, look out for the owls of FAU. They could be on their way to a historic season out of Conference USA. How about this? Here's another thing. Right. I wrote. And, and uh, this might not be on your radar because you're not dumb enough to try to do a top 25-1 and one, nope. um, on the night of the national championship game. Other cool thing about this Final Four? UConn can basically bring everybody back. I mean they won't.
0: They won't, but they can bring a lot back. Yes. FAU? Yes.
2: Whole team can come back.
0: You probably need to put not probably when you file that FAU needs to be in your top 20. They're going to have enough people they were they were in the top 20 of the net most of the season. They will be a, they should be a top 20 team heading into Okay,
2: can can you can, would you let's just a hypothetical here. Florida yeah. Atlanta wins the national championship. Can pre-season you make them number preseason one? number 1? <laughs> I mean they don't they have to be? I mean, they lose. They would lose Michael Forrest, but they can bring everybody else back. If you go, they'd go thirty-seven and three, win the national title. Don't you have to make Florida Atlantic preseason number one?
0: Uh, you don't have to, but under those circumstances, preseason top five is is close to mandatory. However, asking a program like that to repeat that kind of success is a lot. So, if anyone wanted to fade that, I wouldn't necessarily disagree. I just don't think there's any argument to keep them outside of the top twenty. Well- Overall, FAU winning the title. By the way, it's it's, I want it's on the table too. That's going to be just it's just going to be outrageous.
2: (laughs) Florida Atlantic wins the title, brings everybody back, preseason number one, and is the most likely team to repeat as national champion since Florida in oh six oh seven. Like all of that is realistic at this point. Yeah, Uh, as wild as that sounds.
0: On that, on the FAU note, um, I did have the story go up on Monday. I teased it on the Sunday show. Uh, I just find it to be amazing and my appreciation to Dusty May for willing to go on the record with it but this dude goes down dri- drives down to Boca Raton first of all the stuff I didn't even put in the story like his son had played in an AU tournament at like uh I guess there's an FAU satellite campus in Jupiter so uh, Dusty and his wife like drive down there they get to the campus they're like this isn't This isn't FAU. They didn't even think they were in the right place because they had gone to an AAU tournament like two years before in Jupiter, Florida. So they get there. They show him the football facilities. He meets the AD. He meets the president. He meets a few other uh, folks in high ranking there. And he just gets such a great impression off these guys. They want him to have the job. He, they put a contract in front of him and he just signs it. He just, he's just so excited. Mike White at Florida was the, was the coach. Then Dusty was on staff at Florida, Brian White, his brother had just gotten the FAU job. And then he goes into the back. He signs the contract and goes into the facility after for the first time. There's a pickup game going on. The facility is terrible. The locker rooms are awful. The weight room isn't good. He's walking around. And as this is happening, like a cloud of darkness forms over him. But he doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to insult the people at FAU. But he's like, good God. Like, what have I done? Like, I don't, I can't do this like this. What have, what have I done? What did I walk into? Goes back to his, goes back to his hotel room. His wife is waiting there and he has an emotional breakdown. Like he's like, I can't do this. Like I'm going back to Florida. I signed a contract. We have to get out of this. So his wife convinces him not to do that. Mike White convinces him not to do that. He stays on at the job. At first, reluctantly, like even Akeem Miskidine, who's now a, an assistant at Georgia, but was an assistant there to start. Even uh, Akeem gave me a great anecdote I put in the story where he got a call from Darius Nichols, who was a Florida assistant. And he's like, hey, Dusty's looking for guys at his staff. Would you be interested in going down to Boca Raton and working at FAU? And at that moment, Miskidine is literally like he gets the call. He's wiping the snow off of his car in Kent, Ohio, because he was an assistant at Kent State. And He was like, "Oh, you? Whoa, okay." This he like Google's the images of the campus. He's like, "This looks good. I could do this." He gets down there. He has the same exact reaction as Dusty May. He's like, "What have I done? Like, I left one of the best assistant posts in the Mac to come here. What am I doing now?" They made it work, and in Dusty May, the incredible thing about it is. He's been above 500 every single year. I mean, he's won 101 out of 160 of his games, but to go from this point where you don't want the job hours after you sign the contract to coaching this team in the final four—it's it's just incredible. Uh, it's unbelievable, and uh, and I and originally the plan GP was that. Dusty told me this in January He's like, you can, you can write this eventually, like, you know, once we get better facilities or or some years down the road. But then I went to him after they made the sweet 16. I was like, if you make the final four, I'm writing that story. He's like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I got him in a moment of of, of euphoria. And so then on the court on Saturday night, I was like, we had a deal. He's like, you can write it. I was like, okay, good deal. Cause at the same time, like you're doing this, you're like, by the way, the facilities were absolutely terrible when I started. Like, you know, there's a part of that where it's like, it's it, not so good. It's but like you have like upgraded since, but yeah. It's
2: like you're on a dating app. You ever hear about these stories? You're on a dating app, and, uh, and you get all excited about the idea of the date, and then you get there, and it's like, oh, wow, this is, not, <laughs> this is not what it appeared to be. You know?
0: You got Tinder duped. That's what happened. Yeah. But now look at them. Look at them now. So that's the best story. What's number two winning it? I would say it's UConn because of the brand power, and UConn's back and they win it all. Hurley third coach in twelve years. I would say that's probably number two, but maybe you disagree. I would agree with that actually.
2: Uh, big brand Hurley. That quote from a few years ago is going to get replayed over and over again. It's coming. Better get us now. Um, yeah that that's that's probably. That's probably the second best story. And then Miami, San Diego State, we could kind of lump together. Uh, it's
0: Laronaga winning the title. Is it Laronaga?
2: I like I listen that that would that would thrill me. Yeah. I don't know how much that resonates, like how much that actually resonates. Like uh our buddy John Ross team when Leonard Hamilton was in the Elite Eight at some point, or had a team that was Final Four good at some point. John was on this thing where he was like you know how cool would it be like how great of a story would it be leonard hamilton finally getting to a final four and i'm like do people care like you know like he 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 thought it was like a sentimental thing like and it was coming from a genuine place he'd be like you know people are gonna love to see leonard and i was like do do they like i'll love seeing leonard hamilton get to a final four because i love leonard hamilton but like is that something people are really talking about boy would it be wild if Leonard Hamilton got to a final four or wouldn't it be the perfect way for his career to draw near retirement to finally get to a final four? Like I didn't I didn't know. If it, and so I'm asking the same question about Aga. I think is so. It, do they do people care? Yeah,
0: I think people- a, there is there is a, he's dancing in the locker room. There's a there's a real like grandpa's done it. Like, I don't know. I think there's a lot was, of that. I, to, I tell you
2: that. that. Yeah, like he is. He has come across really well in this NCAA tournament. I don't know if you saw his. Uh, it must have been pregame day off Saturday press conference. We, we carried it live on CBS Sports Network. I was in studio and he was asked pretty directly about name, image, and likeness because it's well documented. Like that program benefited in a very public way yeah. from name, image, and likeness. And he just, he was so good talking about it. Like he didn't try to, he wasn't offended by the question. He didn't try to talk around it. He just sort of talked about it candidly, straight, straight on. And I thought that came across really well. He's 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 done. He, he has he is he has gained fans in the process of this tournament. I think that's pretty clear. And I, uh, you know, yeah. yeah I, so so, yeah, Florida Atlantic, then UConn. And then, yeah, I'll go with you. Sure. I Miami. Miami.
0: That's, San Diego State would still be it's it would still be awesome. In fact, it would bring Vi- it would be the first uh, trivia time. OK. Last team. Last team Mountain Time Zone left to win a national championship was you
2: should get this. Arizona is what popped into my head.
0: Arizona is both the last team to win a national title, I think west of not, maybe not west of the Mississippi. It's definitely in time zone, uh, Mountain West or Pacific. And it's the last time that a four seed won. And we're either going to get a four, or five, or a nine to win. A five has never won. A nine has never won. Uh San Diego State would win it as a five, obviously, and 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 it would be good for West Coast, if they could do that, um, and Sandy, like that part of the country, like there's a there's a lot there as well. We're gonna have a first time national champion as a head coach, no matter what. There's a you know three out of the four teams have never been to the Final Four period, so we also got to take that into consideration. So San Diego State on its own as well, uh, from a cosmetics standpoint, San Diego State plays the least inspiring and appealing kind of basketball because they're all too willing and wanting to beat you fifty eight to fifty four. So that, but you know, to me it ups the potential for the dramatics because they play close games. And so I think there's a chance that whether they win or lose on Saturday, we are, we are gripped by our first game in the national semis with FAU and SDU potentially in a one possession game with a minute to go. UConn and Miami could also be the same, but the potential for that game to actually be an eight, 10, 15 point spread with two and a half to go is much, much higher. So while UConn Miami is understandably and irrefutably should be the nightcap, um, it's also got more potential to be the laugher, in my opinion, than the first one. I would personally be surprised if San Diego State FAU was was decided by more than like seven points. I think it's I think it's headed toward something that keeps our interest for almost the entirety of the game, if not the entirety of the game.
2: Yeah. Well UConn's the team that has the 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 biggest blowout potential. Um like they, they can run like uh, Again, you you start splitting these different ways. Like all of this can be true at the same time. Um, I, I think UConn is the favorite to win the national championship. I don't just think that UConn is the favorite to win the national championship. I think UConn will win the national title. Um, I think UConn is good enough when it's great to blow out anybody left in this thing. But um, yeah, I, I I I guess I'd I'd lean toward toward both semifinals being competitive on Saturday. I'd be I'd be surprised if we looked up and and any one team was up seventeen points with eight minutes to go or something like that. I, I and and so maybe that's another possible good byproduct of this Final Four. I think we're going to see good games. I hope we see good games.
0: I think there's a really good chance that we see that we see a couple of good games. And uh, and either way, people I'm guilty as well. People love doing it though. People love saying either FAU or San Diego State is going to play for the national title. Yes, that is how the bracket works. <laughs> People
2: well, yeah, you always, you always you always you always roll your eyes at me every time I say something like that, and then I saw you tweeting it the other. Right, day. I did it.
0: I, oh, I did it almost <laughs> like tongue in cheek. It was it was a it was a knowing wink when I when I did that.
2: But it is like just because something is obvious doesn't mean it's not notable. I agree. Um, I agree. No, no I, that, I don't that, agree. That, that, that's disagree. an obvious thing, but it is still an incredibly crazy
0: thing. Like you're going to tip it, off it, on that, the good. Monday of this. Of this tournament, and either San Diego State or FAU is going to be playing with the title on the line. That is an absurdity, and I, I personally, I love it. I, I genuinely do.
2: So, when are we supposed to podcast
0: again? I have no idea.
2: Yeah, I didn't even thought about
0: it. I mean, theoret- I, theoretically, um, I think Friday. I think, but we gotta, we gotta figure some stuff out. We got, know.
2: Hey, you know what? We got some stuff to figure out.
0: We, we do have some stuff. <laughs> we I do have. I'm
2: gonna get my eyes cleared up.
0: You do have. To we have right.
2: logistics to work out is what you that mean. That is correct.
0: I have one more trivia time nugget for you. It's a tough one. I Actually, you know what? I won't even trivia time you because I don't think you can get it. Well, FAU.
2: FAU. Yes, I know that place. Alma mater of? Billy Corgan. It's been established. That's correct. That is right. It's the fourth team
0: since the tournament expanded in 85 to win by one point in the first round and mm-hmm. then make the final four. How about this? Play at home. Mm-hmm. See if you can get... There are three other teams. Pause the podcast. Think about it. See if you can get the three other teams in six guesses without cheating, without looking. I, I actually think this is pretty, pretty, pretty damn tough. Um, I've, I vividly remember two of the three. I have no memory of the other one.
2: Okay, so three teams... They won their first game by one point, and then they won the national championship. No, they, they got it. to the
0: final four. They didn't they win the, the title. Final they four. won their first game by a point, and they got to the okay. final four. Okay. None of the teams
2: won the title. Okay. I have a memory of Florida doing something like this. Look at you. What year was it? I want to say it was like Billy's first final four.
0: Um, yeah, it was. And I think Mike, you can picture the floor. People, you can picture the floor. This is
2: all things that are just popping into my head. I have no idea. This is really is Butler a team. Correct.
0: Where did they play the game? The floor is the thing that's that, that you can't mistake a very distinct court. They did it on. (sighs) At the pit. Wake
2: Forest at Wake
0: Forest at Wake Forest. How about this? I don't remember
2: that. I just remember talking to Billy Donovan about it one time.
0: Who hit, actually, shot?
2: Who hit the shot? Who shot that won it? I want to say it was Mike Miller.
0: That is correct. Mike yeah. Miller did it. Mike Miller did it. Um, the other one happened within the past. I'll say past five tournaments. A final fourteen from the past five tournaments narrowly got out of its first round win and made the final four.
2: Okay, I glanced at the comments. I shouldn't have. A lot what, of people you say you are saying. I, well, a lot of people are saying Marquette in two thousand three. That is not the answer. Okay, because I have no recollection of that. Um.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law.
2: It's not know. like an
0: ultra memorable game, but it was it was a squeeze, it was it was tight.
2: The only thing I remembered was my, was Florida for the reasons that I've already stated. I don't I mean I could just I could just Auburn say beat New, New Mexico
0: State. 78-77. Auburn beat New Mexico State and there were some late game dramatics there. Then Auburn went on to make the final four. The other one, let me bring this up. The other one is Arkansas in 95. And obviously Arkansas made the title game a year after winning it all, um, but did not win the title that year. Arkansas that year. So reigning national champs, first round, they get a push. Hold on. Where is this? Where are you, Arkansas? I'm looking. Oh,
2: no, this isn't right. How is this? I, I know. I know where Arkansas is.
0: Do you know where Arkansas is?
2: Hold yeah, just right I'm like, across the yeah look
0: at that. How about that? Arkansas beat Texas Southern 79-78 in the 215 game in Austin in 95 and then springboarded that to um to the national uh title game, beat Carolina in the semis, lost to UCLA shouts to Toby Bailey in the title game. So those are the three teams that did it. None of them won the title, but FAU is the fourth team to win its first round game by a single point and then ride that coaster all the way to the final four. Obviously FAU needed a little bit of a break with no
2: timeout being awarded to Memphis. All right. So we've got, uh, we got some logistical stuff to work out. We got to th- get some things to work through, but we will talk again before Saturday's national semifinals. And yes. I guess we'll, we'll more formally pick the games in that episode. Um, before we get out of here, a couple of uh, interesting news items over the past 24 hours or so. Rodney Terry has been hired As the head coach at Texas, Caleb Love has announced um, that he's entering the transfer portal after a disappointing season at North Carolina. We'll get into both of those things next, but first, a word from our partners. So, a day after being eliminated in the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament, uh, Rodney Terry and University of Texas officials agreed on a a five-year contract worth a little more than $15 million to make him the full-time head coach uh, of the Longhorns. Um, makes sense to me. It's 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 below market value for a Texas men's basketball coach, um, but it does reward Rodney Terry with financial security for taking over under less than ideal circumstances and doing a really nice job with this team if it goes well well, amazing and if it doesn't well then everybody can get out of this uh, in a pretty manageable way if it doesn't go well for whatever reason texas can write a check and get out of this without even blinking rodney terry can get a lot of money to go do something else and then texas can hire its next head coach and if it does go well well then it's an incredible and awesome story like when I looked at this deal, I was like, this is about what it should be. I, I thought it was fair on all sides and totally reasonable on all sides.
0: Yeah, this is I think this is a good deal. Uh I think Texas reached a point where Rodney Terry was gonna be the guy. Crystal Connie, I was told, you know, made the requisite large overtures to major candidates and did not get signals that that would have any real potential, and then Rodney Terry. Oh, by the way, you know, went twenty-two and eight uh, with a good team, but and not like you know, it's it's all too easy to see how the season could have gone just weird, and Texas winds up in the tournament with a seven seed and doesn't get out of the first weekend. That's not what happened. Rodney Terry did a really good job, won a Big Twelve championship, got a two seed, and although his team squandered away that game came really, really close to making the Final Four. So you give him a reasonable contract. It's five years, a little more than three mil per year. Uh, he has the support of everyone in the program. the The clip of Terry getting choked up on the dais was, you know, that was an emotional thing to watch. You could see the culmination of this season and what he had been through really coming to the forefront. I mean, the man couldn't talk. He was that, he was that overtaken by emotion. And so credit to Texas for making what I think is the prudent move, the right move. If we look up in two years and Texas, you know, is one for two and making the tournament and the one tournament it makes, it's a 10 seed and there's a one and done. And they want to make a change in two years. Like I, I get it. Then we'll cross that bridge if we even get there. But I remain, very open to the possibility that Rodney Terry actually steers this ship competently well and has Texas in the national conversation ranked frequently competing near the top of the league that it's in. Obviously it's going from big 12 to sec, uh, in a season here. I think that he has a good chance of doing a really good job. And Oh, by the way, like he's coached the program before he knows the area he's, you know, he, he took this job to begin with, um, because he had an affinity for the program and the people that he was going to work for, and uh, you know, I recently—I not recently, but someone had found me some months back and was like, you know, there's there's a there's a misconception about a narrative out there. Rodney Terry, because um, the 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 idea was that Rodney Terry left his previous stop at UTEP, took a pay cut uh, to or took a pay, cra- pay increase to be at Texas. That's not the case. Uh, I was told that is not the case. He actually took the, he took the job at Texas for less money and was that invested in the program, wanted to be part of something that he thought would, could be huge. And so this is a nice instance of karma actually coming back around. Really good man, gets a good opportunity. Texas has its coach. And because of that, we only have three openings left now as we record this podcast, Texas Tech, Cal, and Penn state are the only high major jobs that are still waiting to officially be filled
2: at UTEP. He was 37 and 48. You know, how much of that is about him? How much of that is about the job? Um, you know, there's, um, there's track records of guys, maybe not doing so great at the lower le- level who went on to do great things at the high major level. Um, you know, Chris Holtman has got the Gardner Webb stuff in his bio. And, um, Buzz Williams was at New Orleans and left that job just because uh, I don't want to speak for Buzz, but obviously, you know, New Orleans had gone through a lot as a city. And I, I, I think he and his family, like maybe he just, it, he left the job. You can, he let, he voluntarily left the job a lot like um, to be an assistant, a lot like Rodney Terry left the UTEP job to, to be an assistant. Um, so I, I am hopeful that it, that it goes well, but I am Open um, to the idea that Texas just hired somebody who, like, it, it, who would not have been a candidate for this job or a job like this. Like, if um, under under any other circumstances. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, as always, we'll see. But I, yeah. I, I maybe this is the way to put it. I feel like the appropriate thing happened. Uh, Rodney Terry becoming the full-time head coach at Texas is the appropriate thing. And then we'll see how it goes.
0: I think that is, uh, I think that's entirely fair and we shall see how it goes on the other coaching stuff. As a reminder, we will do an entire recap and review of the carousel uh, at some point soon here. Once the season is over and kind of go through our thoughts and the hires and who should, you know, who we think, uh, you know, what appears to be the, the stronger ones and whatnot. Um, I think there's a chance Penn state could close before the end of Tuesday. Maybe we'll see. Well, maybe not a uh, ton of noise around Texas tech hiring Grant McCaslin. We'll see if that is indeed the case. That is the expectation at this point. He's currently coaching. How about this? The NIT right now has, if it's not, here's my, my view on it is uh, the NIT currently has Grant McCaslin and Andy Kennedy coaching in it in the final four. Feel, it feels like it's going to be McCaslin. If it's not, maybe it's Andy Kennedy. I think both would be uh, be good fits there, but McCaslin is the expectation. And then, we wait on Cal. Rostein reported on Monday that, barring any late-stage collapses, it's going to be Mark Madsen. The irony there is that Madsen is a Stanford legend. Stanford did not move on from Jared Haas, and so because of that, he might actually wind up doing what his coach did, Mike Montgomery, and co- uh, a Stanford man who then went to coach on a Cal. And I was told that Mike Montgomery also has uh, has certainly been a person part of this process. And so you might have a Stanford man coaching at Cal, uh, Utah Valley. I think those games are tonight, GP. I think the NIT Final Four is tonight. So we will see if, uh, if Madison or McCaslin seasons end tonight. But those are just things to keep an eye on. I would, I would think that those jobs fill by the end of the week at the latest.
2: Transfer Portal news. Caleb Love, now the biggest name. I don't know if he's the best player in the portal, but he's certainly the biggest name in the Transfer Portal after a disappointing season at North Carolina, both individually and as it pertains to the team, if you had a high major program, good team coming back. Oh man, we're Would really going this. Would you take it? Give me a random team. Um,
0: or I'll 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 even let me just look right now. Let's say
2: I got one this, for I'm you. This,
0: well, all right, go ahead, Nada. Yeah, Nada, you throw it out. St. John's.
2: Yeah, I take him at St. John's.
0: Rick Pitino coaching Caleb. Caleb Love year one. Uh, I don't know. He's the potential is there. There's a lot of work to be done. I don't know if I'm Rick Pitino if I take Caleb Love. Um, there are plenty of spots where he can go, and he can potentially thrive. But that is a fascinating plot development in college basketball because rj davis is going back armando baycott is going back they will remain Tar heels caleb love looked at the writing on the wall and said i need a change of pace if i'm going to increase my pro prospects this is a guy who at one point people thought was going to be like leaving early and uh and putting his name in the draft and so now there's a little work to be done but like just general i'm going to throw out a couple other ones like if you're texas a&m Sure, I'm not saying Caleb wants to go play in a Texas A&M or anything like. But yeah, if you're Texas A&M, sure. If you are, I don't know. If you are, um, if you're
2: Purdue, would you take him? And I don't even I, feel like a fit. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't feel, feel like
0: right. If you are Michigan, who is in need of talent, why not? Personally, I don't know. Why not? Give it a go. The Michigan's a great example. Missed the tournament. They're gonna. I think Dickens. Dickens has already said he's coming back. Um, why not? I guess. So that that is intriguing. You said he's the, he is the biggest name, right? I haven't. I haven't kept
2: up with all the portal stuff, but I can't imagine there's a more recognizable name in there, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, he he played in a, he he started an NCAA tournament last season, played in a national championship game, was one of the faces of the preseason number one team. Um, he's a big name. I just don't love him as a player. I don't love high-volume shooters who don't make enough shots. You know, he, he I mean, the dude took 15 shots a game this season mm. and shot 29.9% from three. Like, I don't need you taking seven-and-a-half threes if you can't shoot above 30%. And he did shoot better than that um, in his sophomore season, 36% from three. The talent's there. I would take him. I would – I would take him, but I would have real reservations and it, you, you, I guess let me put it this way: I would take him at a place where I just need to inject talent, so let's get some I would not take him if I already have a good team. if I have a good team coming back, I would not take him he mess he could mess your team up, but if I don't have a good team coming back and I'm just trying to piece it together, you know the way muss often does at Arkansas is just like, all right, let me just get a bunch of Talent the guys and piece this thing together. If I've if I've got that type of situation, I take him. If I've got a good team coming back, I don't I don't mess with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, Khalil Ware is also transferring from Oregon. That's a, that's another relatively big name, but he's not on the same level as Caleb Love. Um, before we get out of here, I do I said I'd give a shout out at the top of the leaderboard on our eye on college basketball bracket games. Terry Walk or Terry Wack. Currently leading, but had Houston winning. TJ Foscolo had Memphis winning. He's in second place. Not going to happen. This dude is in second place, and he lost his champion in the first round. That's impressive, TJ. Austin Schroeder, Kansas winning it all in third place. Dylan Dean is in fourth, had Bama. And then how about this? Our our top six all had different champions. Thomas DeHaan had Purdue. Brandon Rattery, you're in in the pole position right now. Here's what's going to happen. If UConn wins, shouts to Brandon Rattery, Michael Chuber, Brian Yarrington. Uh, I'm going to give you top five. Uh, you, uh, Jared Crockett. And it, that's the top four on the main page. I think those four are going to finish top four in our pool, on our bracket games, if, uh, if UConn indeed wins it all. Shouts to you guys. Uh, as we were recording this podcast, Zach Eadie was named NABC National Player of the Year. We will have our Player of the Year and All-American teams come out on Thursday. So we'll touch on those on our next podcast. Our ballots have been submitted. We'll have to wait and see who winds up winning Um, the results of the tournament obviously uh, are quite intriguing. And I think they might've impacted some ballots in some ways and and ballots, maybe uh, not in others, but we will have our awards as we always do on Thursday. And also we don't have details yet and we can't even confirm this is happening, but I want to give a heads up if anyone is listening to the pod, but you're getting it to it two, three days later than, uh, than on Tuesday, I think Parrish and I are going to try and podcast in person together um, in Houston, at a site to be determined. It could be on the HQ set. We tried this last year. The schedules didn't line up. We don't know if we can do this, but if the potential is there, the HQ set is somewhere near the Fan Fest stuff down in Houston. And if you uh, would like to come and, uh, and watch the pod, that might be out there, but I want to repeat, we are not guaranteed to be doing this yet, but there is a loose plan. I at least want to give folks a heads up if they listen to this one, but they miss the Thursday, Friday one, whatever we do. Um, we will see, uh, but keep an eye out there. There there are plans in place and, uh, basically it's all on Gary Paris to make it happen. So
2: how am I supposed to keep an eye out when I can't even see my eyes are burning so bad? Double
0: dead eye. (laughs) You hate that. You literally hate to
2: see it standing in the shower. And I had this moment of realization. This is exactly what went went through my head and your eyes. I said, dude, I cannot even open my eyes. (laughs) They were burning so bad. I could not open my eyes life is full of challenges you know every day is something new every day you know just you just got to come overcome adversity whenever it's placed in front of you it's true i've been i've been overcoming adversity since the moment i woke up today
0: you got through it's great to be back and listen we love we love our rotating cast of characters thank you to the listeners for you know, riding through this as it's been a, it's been a, uh, you know, just different folks. It, the schedules are just outrageous in March, but we know you most prefer when it's me and GP, and so here we are again. And so
2: we will. Not be everybody. Some Thursday people hate. Not, not everybody feels that way. There are people out there who hate my guts. <laughs> okay.
0: I guess I'm not a, I'm not the utmost fan favorite either.
2: It's just you know different. No, structures. I think I I I think people with you are either uh they they either like you or they're neutral on you. I don't know why anybody would hate you. There are people I, out there who hate my guts. People out there who hate they hate I mean, my guts, and I'm, they don't even I'm, live with me. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine if you lived with me. How much yeah. you would hate my guts.
0: You're like, uh, no, you're but you're like, you're like that. You're like that commercial. You know, at first, maybe it's a little annoying. But by the end of the night, you're just singing it.
2: i menon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: Gary Parish.
2: <laughs>
0: Guys, we'll I see you in you're... Houston. What's up?
2: Well, we'll see you in Houston. I think it's time for us to go. Oh, yeah. OK, we can be there are okay. people out there who hate my guts. You know, that's fine. You know what? I hate them back. Oh come on now! We're going so so well here till the end. My eyes are still burning. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck, Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening. I own College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. Uh, like Norlander said, we're gonna I believe go to podcast again on Friday. That won't be in person.
0: Definitely won't be Thursday, or is maybe Thursday
2: might be thursday uh, might be honestly it really
0: might be just keeping i eye don't out. think
2: i don't think so you don't think so <laughs> yeah i don't think so I don't, I don't
0: feel like i'm gonna want to so maybe friday morning then
2: definitely not friday morning come on man i have an 8 30 a.m uh call time man,
0: we're gonna get it to you some way somehow i just don't maybe know
2: thursday maybe thursday is the best thing you know that's what insane. i don't know maybe it's thursday. i don't know we'll figure it out how about this we'll figure it out we should probably <laughs> figure it out and then at some point, somebody will tweet, I'm College Basketball Podcast about to be on.
0: That's uh, That'll happen. And yeah. if you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and you ding that bell, you're going to know when we go live because you're going to get a mobile alert and you can watch wherever you are. I'm not sure that actually
2: works. I'm not sure that, that works. I think it does. I don't know. I don't know if that works. We'll talk to you again at some point. Bye. What's up, y'all? This is four-time
0: NBA champ, Andre Iguodala.
1: Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan
0: Marcel Turner, the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Okay. Now, it is a do, do- average 29 twenty nine and 11. It. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.